He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy, the media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, I sat down with Syracuse legend Derek Coleman, we talked about his relationship with Coach Beheim, his thoughts on the NCAA not giving Coach Beheim his wins back, the current season, if Benny Williams is going to transfer, his playing days, his Dream Team 2 days, his love for Syracuse, what he's trying to do with NL rights, as well as the black and brown population on campus, and much more. We both criticize our alma mater, whether it's coaching strategies, university policies, or whatever else. But it's because we both want Syracuse University to be the best it could possibly be. This is a great episode. Hope you enjoy. DC, what's going on, sir? I'm great, baby. How about yourself, man? What's man. happening with you? Man, I'm blessed. I see you got the cardiac use hoodie on. <laughs> you know what I mean, baby? That's how it be right around these hey. days, huh? <laughs> hey, 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 E, man. I mean, that's just the way I'm feeling right now, bro. You know, our season and everything keeps my chest banging like I'm about to have a heart attack or something. So when you when you said I was coming on with you today, I'm like, yo, let me dig in this closet and pull out this cardiac juice, man. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel. I mean, we could jump right into it and talk about the cues, but you know, for, but first, first, I want to talk about some of the other stuff that you have going on. You know, like I, I'm always someone who. Um, likes to show the parts that people aren't talking about enough. Let's, let's start off with some of the stuff that, that that you have going on. You know, one of the things I like to do is show the parts that aren't really, you know, shown and advertised a whole lot. And you do so much good stuff and you have so many good thoughts. And I want to start with that before we get to all this stuff with the cues. But, yeah. you know, I saw, let me, let me start off with this. I saw that I look, look, dark, I look dark as hell for some reason. I don't know if it's a light in here. You're not feeling it? You look a little darker. I mean, it's all good. I thought you been tanning or something. I thought you been tanning or something. You've been on the beach or right, something. like I've been tanning or something, bro. I've seeing you in the pictures with Bell Bib DeVoe and Namichin kicking it on the beach on the sand. I thought that's just where you've been. Hey, man, I, look, I wish. I wish I was there right now. Actually, though, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm actually going to uh, the Mardi Gras. Oh, you want to migrate down to New Orleans? Yeah, see, see, yeah, there you go. Everybody thinks everybody thinks the Mardi Gras uh, started in New Orleans. The Mardi Gras 
originated in Mobile, Alabama, which is where I'm from. Oh, talk to me about it, because I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Before the uh, Louisiana Purchase, actually, Mobile was the capital of uh, New Orleans at that time. You know, because it was New Orleans, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, you know, all those southern states, but Mobile was the capital. So the Mardi Gras really originated in Mobile, and then they moved it, you know, to New Orleans as well. But I always go to the Mardi Gras in Mobile, even as a kid growing up, um, in Mobile, Alabama, I used to go to the Mardi Gras as a kid, you know, so it's something that I've always tried to attend, see my family, see my friends, you know, that I grew up with. So I'm going to well, leave tomorrow, go down there for a few days. That's what's up. You know, a lot of people still don't even know that you're from Alabama. Everybody associates yeah, you know. with Detroit, you know what I mean? But you you yeah. grew up, you was born and raised in Alabama. Born and raised in Alabama. Uh, my mom always lived in Detroit, you know, came up for, for a better job, so I was really raised by my grandmother. Okay. Every summer I would come, you know what I'm saying, to Detroit and hang out. And then it was time for me to go back to school. My grandmother would always be like, hey, send my baby back home. You know, and then when I got 13, you know, years old, I actually moved, you know, to Detroit. And, you know, my first love was, it has always been baseball and football. Basketball really was my third sport. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up playing baseball and football because my mother, my grandmother loved, you know, the Dodgers. She loved uh, uh, Jackie Robinson. So I grew up playing baseball, football my whole life. Is that right? So, yeah. so, so, how, so first, and I don't, I don't even know if I even heard you tell the story. So, how did you get? <laughs> how did you get? How did you get from Detroit to Syracuse? Like, where were the other places where you were possibly going? If oh, you didn't I mean, go to Syracuse, really go go everywhere. No, no, no. Where did you, you know? want to go? I'm sure you was going yeah, to go everywhere, yeah. but where would um, you want to go? Um, I probably, well, well, how did I, I got to Syracuse because of, uh, Dave Bain. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know, Dave, when I met Dave, my high school coach, uh, knew him and he introduced me to him, you know, because again, at the time I was having problems even finding shoes, you know what I'm saying? If I'm 13, I'm mm. wearing a 13, you know, 14, mm. I'm wearing a 14. Right. So right. my high school coach and Dave were, were friends and he introduced me to him and, uh, in the summertime. Dave started actually sending me to camp in Syracuse. So I used to come to basketball camp in Syracuse when I was like 14, you know, years old, all the way up until I was 17 every summer. Mm, mm. So that experience for me getting out of the city and, and being able to go, you know, to Syracuse and and I was just so familiar with it. Um probably I would have went to school, I probably would have went to Michigan State because uh Vernon Carr at the time, who's from Detroit, went to Michigan State. Scott Skiles was there at the time as well, but uh, I'm a year older than Steve Smith. And if uh, Steve would have told me that he was going to Michigan State, but see, Steve was a late bloomer, uh. you know. And if I would have known, if he was going to Michigan State, I probably would have went to Michigan State a year before him. So Is that man, right? Because me and him grew up playing together all the time, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that. So you yes. you you, yeah. when you when you got on to Syracuse, you know, you came to Syracuse, you kind of hit the ground running. You have a, you know, a, a special experience. So you and Coach well, Beheim, you and Coach Beheim have a different relationship than a lot of the other guys have. I'm sure <laughs> I, I've heard, I know you've heard us all say that. You know what I mean? You y'all have a different explain to me how, you know, everybody to how your your relationship with Coach Beheim, you know, kind of grew over the years. Well, um, I, I would say, you know, in his book, he called me an enigma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like he's, he's he's always trying to figure me out. He's just like, yo, I can't figure this guy out, <laughs> you know. But um, 
in the, in the beginning, me and Coach relationship, you know, be, I, I would say that I always challenged him, mm-hmm. but I always asked the question, why? Okay. You know, all the time. And, like, we would come in the timeouts and, you know, we'd be, you know, hey, we're going to go in the zone. And, all. and I'm like, nah, Coach, we ain't going in the zone. We finna play mad. Right. Like, everybody gets somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, we, we – I wouldn't say we argued a lot. You know, we just voiced our, our opinions. And I always felt that, yeah, I had an opinion, you know what I'm saying, about the game of basketball as well. Uh, when I first got there, though, my my uh, freshman season, you know, he used to scream and holler all the time. And I used to wonder why, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used yeah. to be like, why are you screaming and hollering at me all the time? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I, again, I understood it later on because – you know, a lot of people can't take that yeah. criticism. Uh-huh. You know, I come from my high school coach was that way. So that never really, you know, bothered me or whatever. But if he screamed and yelled at Ronnie like that, you know, Ronnie would go into a shell. Right. You know, right. so we come in the timeout, you know, and he'd be going, 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 Derek, you ain't doing this. You ain't doing that. I'm just sitting there looking at him like, like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when I got ready to get up and walk to go back in the game, he was always grab me. You know mm. what I'm saying? Hey, tell Ronnie to come and, you know, help you rebound. Tell Ronnie to get over, you know, and block the shot or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, under, I understood that, you know. See, it's interesting because when I was there, you know, I was one of the people that I didn't like him screaming. So we would we would butt heads a little bit. And I was mm. just like, look, you want me to do something? Just tell me. You ain't got to yeah. go all the screaming and carrying on. Just, just tell me what you want yeah, me to do. Yeah, just tell me what, what and, it is. And, and yeah. it would throw him because I would come at him so – you know, calm him. Like, look, just just tell me what you want. You ain't got to do all that. Yeah. He was like, he'd be like, you know, kind of tilt his head a little bit. Like, I'm not really right. used to anybody, you know, because sometimes guys get mad and they scream back. But I was yeah, just like, yeah. you know, just just tell me what you want. You ain't got to yeah. do all that. All that's not going to work with I me. used to get both both versions of it, just a matter what, depending on what mode I was in, you know. Yeah, yeah. He could scream and holler and cuss at me. I scream and holler and cuss right back at him. You know? Right, right, right. Oh, right. if I was 20 years younger, you know, I'd come out there, well, bring your ass on out here, <laughs> <man>, coach. <laughs> you ain't talking that shit. Come on. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's but, funny. Um, that's funny. Great relationship, man. I mean, I really just think, over the years, again, we're kids. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're not really understanding. And I've had this conversation, you know, with him a bunch of times. Like, mm-hmm. now I get it, Coach. I understand what you were talking about and what you were saying, you know, because, again, we starting to grow and become men ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I understood it better as I grow. And I always tell the story that I think the more that I was away from him, the more I really understood, you know what I'm saying, what he was talking about, what he was doing. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting because I interviewed him and Buddy, um, I think it was two years ago, and he said something that I'd never heard him say before to me. He said, you know, he said, I learned from, he was saying he learned from me how sometimes he has to coach people differently. Oh, yeah. And he was like, and he he tried to coach one way for everybody. Can't. He was like, but with me, it wasn't working. It, right. it, it wasn't. I was like, you know, and I had the moments where I was like, all right, now you go, you got yeah. one more time. To, you know what I mean? And and so so he was like, he had to figure out different ways of, you know, communicating in a way that it would be effective. And I thought that was interesting because I didn't know that he processed it like that. He, well, you have to. You have to evolve. And when, uh, you got to understand, too, you're dealing with uh, probably 15 different personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, on the basketball court. So you you got to. Well, you just can't coach one way because, look, 
Sherm wasn't trying to hear that shit. <laughs> Billy wasn't trying to hear that shit. Right, I wasn't right, right. trying to hear. Only person who was really listening to what Coach was saying 24-7, Stevie Thompson. Uh, yeah, I heard that. And see, he never yelled at Stevie. <laughs> he never yelled at Stevie. So one day we were in practice, I'm like, Coach, man, you never yell at, at Stevie. He's like, yeah, because Stevie does everything that I tell him. <laughs> like, the rest of you motherfuckers. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So I want to talk about one of the things I saw. I saw um, a little while ago uh, on, on Twitter, and you were talking about what you wanted to do with NIL rights and what you wanted yeah. to create. And I thought that was great. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yes. So, you know, with this whole... NIL and everything that's going on with these uni universities is just, for me, I feel that we have to control the narrative and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I've had the conversation, you know, with, with Syracuse about getting our license, which I have my own uh, licenses already with the university. But I want to create an atmosphere just for, for us, you know, saying because I feel that who's better to tell the story than the people who participate and play there. And people have been benefiting off of that their mm -hmm. whole life. They're still benefiting right. off of it right now. Like, I'm in conversations with, what is it, retro jerseys, I think it is right now, mm -hmm. because here it is, you guys are still marketing and selling my jersey, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't get a cut. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not getting a check out of that. So I've been having conversations with them, like, hey, well, we need to send you a cease and desist letter, and let us be the people who who do that. So my my intentions really is time to be able to partner with SU and let my company do all the jerseys, which is Pro Source. Let us do all the jerseys and and, and stuff like that, but also create a website just for us. Mm. So if I got a website and you got your jersey, Ronnie's jersey, Sherman, all the guys that play the SU. And mm -hmm. the great thing about it is, though, you know what I'm saying, being able to autograph those jerseys for for those people. So, like, coming to Syracuse, doing a pop-up, like, like the Duke game. Mm -hmm. Imagine the Duke game and we had all this stuff together that we would just go do a pop-up. All of us going to come up for the game anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're going to do a pop-up so you can come into this store and buy Eton's jersey, a Lawrence's jersey, a Billy's on. And you know what? Hey, man, I'm going to autograph that jersey for you right mm -hmm. here on the spot. Mm -hmm. You know? So I'm just looking at, at that way again, being creative and being able to take the narrative away from everybody. I love the partnership that I have with Syracuse University. I think it's going to grow. Mm -hmm. But being able to take that away from Manny and Shirt World and all these other stores that's on Marshall Street, right. I mean, my vision really is to open up our own store. That'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Authentic. Everything that you're going to get is going to be authentic from us. Or right now, like, again, I'm working on creating this whole online store uh -huh. where I'm having, I was just over my mom's house the other day and I posted, um, you know, because everything I ever got, I always just give it to my mother. You know, you go to your mother's house, it's everything. stuff yeah. everywhere. Right. So I'm in our basement, you know what I'm saying? I see the Dream Team 2 basketball. So I just took a picture, you know, and uh -huh. and posted it. But I'm sitting there, right? And I'm like, I have all so much memorabilia down here in my mom's basement. I say, you know what? I'm going to create this website. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to auction off all of this memorabilia stuff that I have. Mm. And let the proceeds go to 
DC Elite, which I've been running for the past 18 years out here in Detroit with all the high school kids and, you know, summer leagues. Mm-hmm. So raise money for that or raise money for Team Michigan, which is my AAU team, which all of us grew up playing on here in Michigan. I mean, all the way back to Magic, mm-hmm. you know, so raise money for them. So when they want to go travel and do everything, but I'm sitting there looking at that stuff, right? And I'm just like, well, I know when I'm gone, my kid's just going to put this in storage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hang one thing up or maybe a few things up, but then the rest yeah, of them yeah, all go in storage. It's going storage somewhere. And I'm like, you know what? Because I, I saw Kareem do it. Uh-huh. And I was like, why is Kareem, you know, all this stuff? But I'm, I'm sitting here like, I don't even know if Kareem even have kids. Right. No, you know, got kids. Yeah, you got know kids. what I'm saying? Yeah, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just like, be like, yo, let me just auction this stuff. I'll raise some money for, you know, one of these foundations and give it away to because he knows himself. Like, right. shit, when I'm gone, ain't gonna tell him what this stuff is going to be. So, yeah. so are you getting are you getting much pushback from like Manny's and the people who've had a kind of well, monopoly on everything? I haven't even took the time out to have the conversation. The only conversation I really had is with the guys at uh, Retro Jerseys. Okay. That's the only conversation and the pushback that I'm I'm getting for them. Like, well, you know, the name, images, likeness is for the kids that are at school, you know what I'm saying, right now. And I'm like, oh, so it doesn't apply to anybody else. Well, that's no, what I'm saying. I, I'm like, I ain't heard that. No, that's not so, true. That's not true. Prove me wrong. But again, you're selling my jersey. I yes. don't care if you don't have my name on the back of it. Right. It's 44. Yeah. And by the way, that number's retired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ain't nobody else wearing it. Ain't nobody else going to ever wear that number uh, right. again up there. Right. But again, being able to create the partnership just for, for us, man, to control the narrative. You know, and like I say, my vision really is for us to start doing special events, you know, big games up there on, on campus. And just to show people in the city of Syracuse, you know, how much we love and appreciate them. Because they ask all, Derek, you know, you come back so much. I say, yeah, I come back because they don't understand, E, that when we're playing, Mm -hmm. our time is very limited. That's right. You know, and I I, I do that with kids now, you know, because you're talking about being a student athlete, and a lot of our kids don't really understand what that means. You're talking about classes from – seven o'clock in the morning to probably two thirty, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then you got practice from mm-hmm. you know three thirty, four o'clock to whenever coach said, okay, well I know now they got all these <laughs> restrictions now, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, but okay, we get out of practice, six, training table, hour, you know what I'm saying? Then study yeah. table, two yeah. hours. So every night, each time we getting home probably about eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah, exhausted. Exhausted. And you're still trying to have some type of social life. Right. You know, on on campus. So I I think we don't do a good job of explaining that and even putting that in our school systems right now. That's one of the things before COVID uh, hit, I was looking at doing here in Detroit, just like doing a a pilot with one or two schools just to really explain to them and show those kids like, hey, you say you want to be a student athlete? Mm -hmm. This is what it takes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Them early. You, you pretty much got half of it because you're at school and then right. you're practicing, you know. So it's just like, OK, can we get tutors to stay here and, and, and tutor these kids and then mm-hmm. provide 
some type of food service, you know what I'm saying, for them to get something to eat, and right. also Eton to take some food home. Mm. That is a huge problem in um, in Detroit right now, food deserts. Food deserts, yeah. Yes, you know what I'm saying? But, okay, we got hot food for you to take, bro, but you know what? We're going to fill your backpack up so you can take some more food home because I know you got brothers and sisters at home as well. Right, yeah. right. Now, that's great, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's amazing work. And I also saw... Um, a few of the initiatives that you're doing to try to get, you know, since we, you know, Syracuse was almost like a small HBCU at one time. Yeah, and yeah. the numbers are dwindling <laughs> each time period. You know, it was more when y'all were there. Hey, hey, it was a little less when we were there. Then a little less when, you know, Q and them were there. But look, you know. though, that's the psych job they did on us. Yeah. Because, I, and, and again, one thing that I love about Coach, right? Uh-huh. Every time that I'm I'm there, he he just he gives me the floor, mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. locker room before mm-hmm. games, after games, wherever, wherever I walk in there. Hey man, Derek's here, yeah. you know, and Derek gonna speak. I'm gonna walk outside, right? You know, right? But I I I tease him about that because I said, man, y'all good. He's like, what do you mean, Derek? I, said, I heard you talking about because this. Because it's a setup. I came I came up on my visit, right, E? Yeah, yeah. It's Minority Spring Weekend. Yeah, he doesn't have purpose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he doesn't have purpose. Every, everywhere I go, I'm seeing us. Right. All right. the parties, all right. the uh, meetings that we going to. So I'm yeah. like, well, okay, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get to school. Like, like, where everybody go? Every <laughs> <laughs> where are all the people that I saw on my trip, on my recruiting trip? Right. Go? <laughs> yeah, besides my teammates. Right. I see the brother area. Hey, man, hold on. What's your name, bro? Come here. You looking like practice with me? We looking like like get out. We look. We see somebody. We see yeah. another black person. Hey, where yeah. you? But but no. But the numbers have dwindled, and you've been trying to. Um, figure out to, a way to be able to get the numbers yeah. um, a little bit better. So talk to me a little about about that aspect as well, because I know that's been well, something I, that you've been meeting with people and, and trying to get get the numbers. And you know as well, the tuition is still yeah. Going up. yeah. So even even that situation, right? Even if we set money aside uh-huh. for all this memorabilia, whatever stuff that we're marketing and selling for CBT, mm-hmm. right? For mm-hmm. kids who actually want to go and attend Syracuse, who actually even got accepted, mm-hmm. but they don't have the financial responsibility to get into school. So I think that's what CBT has done a great job in. What we've been working on as far as doing the basketball games and stuff like mm-hmm. that to help raise money and bring awareness to it. It's yeah. so crazy that um, I was actually on the phone with the um, the president of the MEAC conference. Okay. So we're looking at, so you know, we've partnered with the MEAC now to student exchange games and, and all that stuff with Syracuse. Okay. So I was Great. talking with the president and I was explaining to her about um, what we do at, at CBT. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Derek, we don't even do stuff like that with all the HBCUs. Right. So I'm like, well, right. here's an opportunity that, you know what? We can show you guys how do we, you know, do this. We raise money for students mm-hmm. and board tuition or, or whatever have you to attend, you know, Syracuse. And how do we get those numbers up? You got to understand, man, that the sacrifice parents mm-hmm. have made for their kids to attend Syracuse universities. I mean, taking mortgages out on their homes to mm-hmm. try to better their kids 
education. And I've always felt that that's been great, but we've done a terrible job at hiring our own. Okay. You know, okay. like my, 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 one of my best friends who passed away from COVID, Doug Grant. So mm-hmm. Doug, Doug Grant was a finance major at Syracuse from the Bronx. Okay. You know, his mom and dad and took mortgages out on their house and sent him to. So he graduates with a finance degree and goes into the industry. He's always a low man on the totem pole to get fired. Mm. You know, every time he get a job, he got a new job. So now he has to settle for, uh, before he passed, he was doing like pharmaceuticals. Oh, I see. Now here you are, you got a finance degree. Right, right, right. And you're just selling to do pharmaceuticals to make ends meet. So I think we have to do a better job at that with our network and, you know, communicating and connecting each other to help each other out. I definitely agree. And yeah. you know, just to tell everybody who who's not familiar, uh, CBT he was referring to is coming back together. Something that Syracuse yes. does, you know, every every three years. I, I kind of think we should do it every other year. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, you know what? It's, you it's know, been some conversations about I think, that. Even I think we should because you know, you know we losing somebody yeah. every year. Every two yeah. years. we lost so many friends these past two years with COVID, you know with, with, yeah. with COVID and everything. I was actually on the phone with, with some of my classmates and we were talking about um like the like the DC picnic. Right, right, right. Every year. So we were talking about doing something like that in like New York or New Jersey or somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many people from that area, Jersey, right. Connecticut, right, you know, New York City. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Every other year yeah. or doing something in the summertime where all mm-hmm. of us can just come out and hang out participate, man, because it's, it's just a great vibe, man. Oh, so it's amazing. So, so much fun, you know, just seeing everybody, you know, communicate, all the events and everything, the parties are great. Yeah. We're really, Fantastic. man. No, it's just, great. Just sitting in the hotel, you yeah. know, in the yeah. bar, drinking, laughing. Talking, talking, and, talking to it, people. It's great. It's nothing like it, man. Yeah, And you, yeah. you know the biggest thing, though? None of these other universities do that, fam. They don't do Yeah, I think yeah, they, they, they all did. They all do what? <laughs> right. Like, That's yeah, how people react. That's what we do. Yeah. So shout out to Miko Horn. Miko Horn does a great job, you know, with, yeah, with stuff that she's Miko, doing with all the different Rachel, people. Yeah. Rachel, yep, yep. So yeah. definitely shout out to them. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think that's I think that's amazing. I think there's a lot that also, you know, people don't understand the way that you care about the community, about about, you know uplifting our people yeah. um you know they know a certain side of dc and that's the only side they know like no, let's like, keep it that way no no they gotta know <laughs> some, you know because you like we've had these great conversations you see i got you see i got a picture of malcolm x over here in my background on, and we and we've oh. talked about the influence that malcolm had oh. on your life growing up we just passed the the anniversary yeah, of him being assassinated yeah 57 yeah. years which is amazing to amazing. me amazing i mean because we were really right like we needed him like what he what he did for us as a whole, yeah. you know what I mean, and you know, uplifting our spirits, giving us the the, the ability to be able to to um, you know navigate through this system, which was set up for us to fail, like set up for us to fail. It's and designed, it's designed the, that way. Everybody keeps talking about we got to change the system. You can't change a system that's designed yeah. for us to fail. You know, um, I was just having that conversation with my mother the other day when I was around her house, and I and. My mom is the first one to give me the autobiography of Malcolm X, mm. you know, and I don't think she literally handed it and put it in my hand. I think she actually left it on my bed, <laughs> you know. Okay. And um, 
it was just life changing. I, I probably was maybe 15, mm-hmm. you know, because you got to think again, I'm coming from Mobile, Alabama. So you can't really sit here and tell me about racism, you right. know what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, I experienced myself growing up right. in Mobile. I'm not telling you stories. I'm telling you what used to happen to, to me. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Mobile, like I said, I grew up playing baseball and football. And, you know, first our practice facility used to be, you know, right across the street from my house okay. you know, at, this, at this high school. Then they moved it up to a place called, you know, Alabama Village. They had just built it, but it was in a white neighborhood. Uh-huh. So, you know, so we would all walk, walk up there. Everybody from my neighborhood, we walk, you know, go to practice and stuff. But every night. Every night we coming home, bro. They sicking their dogs on us. They chasing us home the whole night. You know. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? I remember being a kid, being in the library. You know, last day of school and stuff like that. And they locking us in the library. Let all the white kids go home. Wow. You know. So I experienced racism. You know, what I'm saying my, myself personally. You know. So. Wow. With, with, with Malcolm, that's why he's not here with us now. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, of of the <laughs> uplifting that he was doing not not only him think think about malcolm x how important sam cook was Mm. you know and muhammad ali Mm -hmm. think think about that just think about those three not even including jim right you know what i'm saying just think about those three Mm -hmm. here it is malcolm x is king to us right now you know Mm -hmm. In the 60s, Muhammad Ali is on, on his way, but also Sam Cooke has his own publishing company, right. business company, but he's pulling Muhammad Ali into that. Hey, yeah. man, come on, we're going to do music. We're going to make a song. You know what I'm saying? We're going to sell records. So those three, just that whole combination, it, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at it, okay. You already got two guys who are going to be a Muslim. So was Sam Cooke on mm-hmm. his way to becoming a Muslim? His mm-hmm. um, his producer and his partner had already was a Muslim. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you know, it's, it's, it's deep, man. You know, it's interesting in the in the in the movie. And I think they did a good job with it. Uh, One night in Miami, um, but yeah. they showed they showed his influence um, mm-hmm. on Sam Cooke and how Sam Cooke was, you know, first like he was like, you know, look, you you you're in these 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 white facilities these yeah. white, you know places and you have their ear and they love you but you're not talking about nothing Thank you. And, and it was interesting because so for my for my, my new book um police brutality and white supremacy the fight mm-hmm. against american traditions yeah. i interviewed craig hodges so it was right man, at, when i interviewed man. when i interviewed him it was right after that movie came out and i mm-hmm. kept making the parallel between how he was looking at mj and how malcolm x was looking at sam cook yeah. and saying listen you have all this power and you're not they using can't. it. Yes, you're you're not using it, and, and the frustration of it, and they showed yeah. and depicted, and it was it was a great parallel to make. But remember, at the end of the movie, when he went to the to the um you know the show, and he yeah. sang he sang his song, but then he's like, I have a new song that I that I haven't really released yet. Yes. It's my first time, and he sang it, and it was all amazing. The change is gonna come. Yeah. A tear came through his eye, and how Malcolm was looking at him afterwards. So I asked Craig Hodges, I was like, so now years later, when you hear Michael Jordan making some of the statements that he makes, talking about police brutality, or he donates to this, you know, cause or something like that, something that he didn't do when you were there. Do you yeah. feel, you know, I was making that kind of connection. And it was just amazing to see 
how the the correlation. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's but it's yeah. not. I already know Craig Hodges is not the same. Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah, when you yeah. have when you have that opportunity. That's why people don't give Kareem his just due. Right. See, people don't even understand that. You know, mm-hmm. Kareem being a must. Kareem boycotted the '68 Olympics. Yep, he didn't go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of what he was seeing being done to his people. Yep. People don't even understand how powerful that was. And I tell people all the time, I said, if Kareem didn't boycott the Olympics, we probably would have never heard about Spencer Haywood. Mm, that's a good point, because he would have got a chance. Cause, yeah. cause Spencer, they, yeah. they picked him for the team, and he would have right. dominated. They yep. man, who was this kid? Yep, that's right. You know? That's right. But they never want to give Kareem his, his flowers, man. But he mm-hmm. was one of him and, and Bill Russell. Yes. Like those guys was ahead of their time, right there in the forefront, using their platform to enrich the lives of others and speaking up, you know, mm-hmm. for for people at a time when it wasn't cool. So so it's interesting with with and I want to ask you if you've experienced any of this. So, you know, I, I interviewed both Bill Russell and Kareem from my, my previous book. Okay. Uh, yeah. We matter we matter athletes and activism, where I'm all talking about you know, the importance of athletes acting and showing yeah. the past and everything. And so I was talking to Bill Russell and I was talking to him about how, you know, because he was winning championships in Boston. Like he was dominating. Still, how everybody, still set his house on fire. No, right. And I'm getting to that. And so they, they, <laughs> they, and they loved him and they, all this stuff until he started talking about racism and segregation and stuff like that. Then they changed on him. Thank you. And it's amazing. He was like, oh, yeah, they definitely changed on me. Yeah. And he was like, and he talked about when they burned his house down and everything yeah. like that. And they, they, he was talking about what they did. They just vandalized it. And they, yeah. said, he said they, they went in there and they defecated on the sheets and then put the sheets over, you know, it so you couldn't really right. see. So yeah. after he gets there, they clean everything up and they go into their room. They turn back and saw that. You know what I mean? Like it was, but, it, but, but have you experienced with some Syracuse fans that love you on the court, but until they hear you talk about something that they disagree with, and they're like, well, wait a minute now. Now, I've experienced this. Now, now <laughs> where, I've experienced, like, a lot. Where did that from? We didn't know no. Eric had that. Do you know uh, yeah, that? right. I, I, I haven't. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, right, right, I right. haven't really experienced that with none of the people in, in Syracuse. I think one time, uh, I posted something on Facebook and somebody called me a racist and I started laughing. <laughs> you know, but with, with the people in Syracuse, I, I never have. I mean, I've had altercations up in, in Syracuse uh, with one of the fraternities up there sitting at, at the red oh, yeah, light. That's right. And, um, you know, mother called me a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Is that what happened? Is that what started the whole thing off with the with the fraternity? Yeah. No, well, well I mean, look, it was two or three different fraternities. <laughs> I remember the story about the one because they always talk about how you took off your shirt and it was in the oh, snow. Oh, no, no, that was, was a football team. Okay, that was a football team. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. They was like, DC I took was, off the shirt and it was snowing yeah, and he yeah. whooped everybody behind. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah, a different story. Yeah, but it's but it's interesting. Hey, 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 man, look, look. One thing with me, I ain't gonna never start that, bro. I hear you, but you finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna finish. It. I feel you. I'm gonna I finish feel it, and I ain't gonna stop till I feel like stopping. Right, right, you right. Know? So I feel that, you. Was, that was a whole another another is with the football team. But Coach Mac, rest his soul. He was he was mad at me. I beat up his football players. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, you laughing. That's how Coach Bayheim was laughing. Yeah, I heard I that too. Like that. I heard that too. Yeah, dying laughing. Too. Like, wait a minute. 
You talking about my guy? You six of your guy? Six, six people at once? <laughs> like, that's what happened? Five cells? Well, what's wrong with your football I, team? You know what I mean? My, get, get out of my office, man. You know, and but mind but, you, look, all of them on the death chart. Right, right, right. I bench 400. I yeah. 600. Yeah. Knock their ass out. Like, all of them, huh? <laughs> but, what, but one thing I will say about a lot of the Syracuse fans, that I do have that, but then once they have conversations with me, you know, because a lot of times some people, they hear one thing and they're immediately turned off until they yeah. can really get a real understanding of it. And they're like, and then they're like, okay, I see how you got there. there, there there's two different... You know, always, and, and that's and that's what it. You know, going back up to it's interesting because I went up there and spoke at the chapel. I was in the chapel, filled with filled with people. You know what I mean? And Coach Beheim actually introduced me. He's like, "Oh, yeah, I would love to introduce introduce me." I'm talking about racism, police brutality, yeah. all these different things, and all these different fans are. You know, you can see their faces at first. They're like this, but then they're listening and they're like. Oh, okay. It's a whole different world for you besides yeah. the world that we know, which is just on the basketball court. Well, well, for one, we're black. Yeah. It's always been a whole different world. And I think that's always been the problem because nobody wants to address the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. You got to talk about what's happening, what's going on to understand both sides of the equation. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's just crazy for me that we're still having those conversations with our sons and daughters and kids. You know, I I tell my kids that all the time. Even the kids that play on my team. Hey, man, when you walk out this gym, mm-hmm. well, nobody care nothing about you, bro. Right. Y'all got to understand that. You know, you got to walk a certain way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Don't be walking on. Hey, man, take, right. that, take that hoodie off, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let, let it, somebody see who you are. Don't be walking up the street with no hoodies on. It's different know? rules for us. Yeah. It's different rules. And we have that's to teach our – So that's like been. when you hear people talk about the talk. Like we yeah. have to have, and, and even in coaching, you're having to talk with the players that you're, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so they hear it at, they hear it from you, and then they hear it again at home. And, yeah. if, and just in case they're not hearing it, you have to understand when you're stopped by the police, yeah. you have to do things differently. No sudden yeah. movements. You can't just rush no, to go get no, your wallet no, because he said, let me get your, let me see your license. You have to stop and say, okay, I'm going into my back pocket to right. get my license yeah. that you just asked me for. Is that okay? Exactly. And then you got to slowly go and get it. You know what I mean? But those are things that, that you know. It, they will what, never understand. They can't understand because it it's not their world. I tell my son that to this day, you know, yeah. like, hey, man, police pull you over, FaceTime me. Yeah. And put the phone on so I can see what's what's going on, man. And yeah. let me know where you at because you know what? I'm on my way. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's the- you know, that's the world that we live in. Yeah, and that's the yeah. beauty of having a father. Cause so so in, at CBT um, years back, I did a fatherhood panel with my one of my other previous books, yeah. Fatherhood, and you spoke in there, and you you know you opened up. I got so much feedback from Syracuse fans about your interview in particular because you said a lot that you didn't really say you know publicly. Nobody really heard you talk about fatherhood. Nobody heard. They're yeah. like, oh. It, it, they, but they only knew you on the court. That's the only way they that's knew the you. Thing. You only right. know, you know that, that side, you know what I'm saying, when you see me playing a game of basketball. And, I mean, all of us, we're, we're so much more. Right. You know, basketball only is, is a small part of who we are as, as people, as human beings, you know. That's right. That's right. So you're going to always try to judge me about the game of, of basketball. Well, I, I have an opinion about everything. Like, I used to – 
sit on panels even at, at school because um, the regular students at school thought that we were privileged. Right, right, you right, know? right. Just because we had a scholarship and like, yeah. you know, hey man, my mom and my dad had to take this, you know, mortgage out on their house and you guys are running around here. And I'm like, hey man, welcome to my world. Let me just show, come on, you want to spend a day with me? You know, you going to class at 12 o'clock, you taking one class a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was, yeah, it, it was funny. Best I, life. So, so I, I was I was speaking at, at actually at Syracuse and one of the people, you know, I've gone there a couple of times, you know, speaking with my books and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And so one of the one of the guys and I love when having interaction. So I love yeah, interaction. Me too. Even when you disagree with me, we have back That's and cool. forth. So yeah. Right. So one person was talking about, you know, sometimes white people get kind of um um, offended, kind of, uh, you know, they have a certain reaction to the term white privilege. Yeah. And then so they said, well, you athletes had a lot of privilege. Like, you were treated like this and you were treated like that. And I was like, well, let me let me explain something to you. On the court, but off the court, you know what I mean, is different. So I was like, yeah. listen, let me tell you what happened to me at Syracuse. It yeah. was in my junior year. I'm driving. You know that street right in front of right in front of Manly Fieldhouse where, where the Comstock. graveyard is? Comstock. Yeah. I'm driving down Comstock you know, at night one time, the police pull me over, right? Take me out of the car, have me sitting in the snow, right? And because they didn't think that my car, that I owned my car, they didn't think that I, I was like, wait, my, my father bought me this. So they're like, right. why, do you, why do you have Connecticut plates on it? Because he lives in Connecticut. What do you mean? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, wait, is this your car? And so I'm going through all that part, all that tough um nonstop I was like well has that ever happened to you while you were driving were y'all right. when y'all are drunk on Erie and doing all that different stuff on Marshall Street and all that does that, has that ever happened to you and he's like I I never knew that that you know but they don't know because don't know, yeah. it's not their world yeah but you only again you're only seeing us on a basketball court that's it you know um I mean the numerous times I've been out bars you know I used to go to Sutter's all uh, the time. I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And again, I would sit at the end of the bar by uh, myself, you know, a couple of my friends. We'd be ch- I was one time I was sitting there, I was actually talking to the owner of the bar. Okay. <laughs> this girl walked by, she intoxicated her and her boyfriend. Blah, she just smacks me in my hat upside the head. Yeah. You know, and I'm just turning around like, what the f-? <laughs> And if you respond in any way. Yeah. Immediately, immediately yeah. the police oh, are going to come yeah. there and snatch you up yeah. and grab you yeah. and everything and Without Barrett Coleman, you know, like, did all this with what, yeah. what the hell, you know? Yeah. So it's it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, man. But but I love having those conversations yeah. when you see the the when you see the change when they're like they they thought one thing at first, but then as they're talking and communicating with you, you see their their minds like open up to something yeah. that they had never seen or thought of before because they just didn't know. Right, and, and that's the that's I, I love coming back to Syracuse. I'm gonna keep doing. No, it. I, I do too, man. You know what I mean? mean? Like you say, every time that I'm there, when I come come up the hill, and I see the top of that dome off eighty, man, I just get chill bumps. Right. Because it's just a uh, it's a prominent time in all of our lives. Yeah. You know, and I, I explain that to people, they don't even understand really. Like when you talk about Syracuse, you talking about. People come in those games, E, all the way from Toronto. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're talking about all the way upstate going back into Massachusetts. Yeah. It's all Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at the time when I was in school, shit, Buffalo sucked. Yeah. So we were that team. 
Yeah, you're basketball. Right. Yeah, you know we was always top five my whole four years at school. Uh, well, we, uh, we, football, had, we didn't we have that to football. say, but you know, yeah, we were always <laughs> going to a bowl game. Right, our football team. And our lacrosse team was number one my whole four years there. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, that's true. So it, it, the campus was, it was crazy. It was no better place. Right. You know what I'm saying? To be, when you're talking about college. And I got 35,000 of my closest friends. It's funny, when, when, I, when I was in the league and I'm playing, and I'm like, well, this is a smaller crowd than what I'm used to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? What we I'm used to. What I'm used to. Yeah. Great. And, so, and one of the, the biggest things, too, E, that uh, um, playing in the Big East. Oh, right? man. Don't, don't get me started on that. Cause, I cause still, look, I, listen, listen. I still hate that we're in the ACC. I'm oh, not letting it go. I, I I'm not. It. I'm not letting that go. When I when I, I was watching, too, I was watching. Um, I was watching. Uh, Villanova play Seton Hall about a week or two ago. Day, yep. Right, right. Because we text. Man, that was a great old school Big East. Yes. Game. You know yes. what I mean? It was just yes. a great game. It was. But what it did also, though, E, think about that. We got the chance to play in all the greatest arenas That's as true. kids. As kids. You know what I'm saying? The Spectrum, yeah. the Boston yeah. Garden, Madison yeah. Square Madison Garden. Madison Square Garden, yeah. Cap Center. All that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got the chance to play in all the – even in the Meadowlands. I got drafted by Jersey. So, you know, yeah. I'm, going the, I'm like, oh, man, I've been in this arena man. four years of my life. I, that was so they, special. They all ain't never beat us. You know? That was close. I, I used to give Georgetown the business, right? In the MCI, it was the MCI Center. Now, that, right. you know what I mean? The Capital One. But it yeah. used to give Georgetown the business there. You know yeah, what I mean? It's just great, you know, yeah. to, to play in all the arenas and to play, be in the Big East Conference, man. I know we yeah. went to the ACC because of the football, football. reasons, man. But I, I still I hate it, it, though. I hate it, though. I miss it. I, I yeah. Let me get a few basketball questions in and then I'm going to let you go. You know what I mean? I'm I, you know, it, man. You you know straight, all right, so, so, so. You know, we're coming up. It was interesting. I was watching this thing. I was talking about Coach Beheim. you know, coming up on his, you know, wins and stuff like that and where he's going to he's gonna make that mark this this season at some point. And I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, you know, I, I have a lot of criticisms for, for Coach Beheim, but this on this topic here, with them not giving his wins back, that, that it – it bothers it. Now, listen, so so when I'm saying this, when they see me and you sitting here talking about how they should give his wins back, the first thing they're going to say, oh, well, they're, they're biased. Yeah, they're they're, they're guys. Now, now, listen, listen. Yeah. I have no problems criticizing Coach Beheim. And I can even tell you, like, like I, for one, I think it's crazy that that he uh, allowed uh, Kadari Richmond to leave. You know what I mean? Have him starring oh, for Seen Hall. Yeah. And, and I think he should have been there. I think, it's, I think it's crazy how... You know, I don't like the way that he publicly criticizes players to the media. Yeah. I don't like that. You know right. what I mean? I think yeah. I don't like how certain players can do no wrong and other players can do no right. right. You know, there, so there's a yeah. lot of stuff that I can criticize him on. I even disagree when he said the mask mandate should be lowered because of the Duke game. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, so, so there's a lot of things I disagree with Coach Bayheim on. Now, that being said, on this topic, they doing Coach Bayheim wrong. Like, I mean, the for because, because, and this is my issue, DC, I see what other colleges have done, what other yes. universities have done. Yes. That are way more egregious than what they got <laughs> Coach oh, Bayon on. And, and you know what, E? What they do, though, you know, is they keep recycling them. Yeah. Yeah, they get more jobs. I'm going to give you a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You can go to a small school, you know, some small schools will pick them up and then two, three years, boom, they're right back somewhere 
somewhere else. But but they be having bad stuff. I, I like, know like, they do. Like, I, I like, know they do, man. But you know, it's just it's just some you know with with us, man. I don't know if it's it's, it's our swag or whatever have you. You know that they. They got a sore spot for for us, you know, at Syracuse, man. But that doesn't make any sense, you know. And I remember having the conversation uh, one time with Coach uh-huh. about that. I asked him, I'm like, Coach, so with these NCAA, why did they take your games? You know what I'm saying? Wait, what does that have to do with anything, you know? Right, right. And he was like, Derek, you know, it was a, basically a kid interviewing okay. him about what was going on at Syracuse University. And he's okay. like, Derek basically just pissed me off. I just got up and walked out, you know, uh, like, how dare you? Like, you know, even sit here, y'all got a kid in here, probably 30, 35 years old, trying to question me about, you know, basketball. But uh, I mean, I've seen so many other people make, like you said, bigger mistakes. Oh, huge. And <laughs> like you said, slap on the wrist. And, yeah, or nothing hey, at all. Man, you'll surface in, in, in two years somewhere else, you know, so... Somebody, you know, said the NCAA, they don't like us, man. Maybe they all Georgetown alumni. <laughs> I mean, I was looking, I was looking at it. I'll be like, so okay, so if you if you want to make that point back then, you know what I mean, and say, okay, we're gonna take away your wins, we're gonna punish you this way, right. it's wrong what you did, yada 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 yada. Okay, fine. But by now, you should have given his wins back. I mean, no it, question. Especially because of the things that other people, people if you're gonna make, done. if you're gonna make one a rule like that, it has to be for everybody. It's never going to be for you. Know it's never fair. It's yeah. never. It's, it's never fair. I mean, th- think about um, Rick Pitino. Yeah, right. I, I won't go name no names, but go ahead. I we mean, can name them. And, and, and let me just explain what he was doing with the with the. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'll let you go. Well, that's beside the point. I, I, right. I don't even care about, about that point. I'm always concerned with how can you get mad at a coach, right? Uh-huh. And because his assistant coaches are giving his kids money. Oh, now that, that I had a problem you know with because, yeah, I, because I, they, they've been, and, and it, it looked to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but look to me that they put the black assistant coaches out there and let them take the fall for everything, like the, like the head coaches and nobody else knew anything that was going on. Well, the thing is, is just what you said. Those head coaches really don't have those relationships with those inner city kids. But do you think they didn't have anything? It's, oh, like, no, it's, it's, like, it's like blue chips. You know, I don't know how that tractor got in front of your house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't, So they might have not connected, but they, but they knew. They, bro, they definitely, they definitely know, you know, what's going on. But again, nobody uh, again addresses the elephant in the room. What's that? You know where you recruit these kids from. Yeah. So why would you not want to help them? Hey, man, I'm from a single parent home myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know where I come from. You've been to my house. You came to recruit me. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So but- you mean to tell me if somebody's going to offer me something better, I'm not going to take and the, the biggest problem that I have with it that people don't talk about or explain, I'm not even accepting the money for myself. Right. It's always like for a family member or like for it's somebody for my, else, for, for an uncle, mom, for a dad. Yeah. To pay it's always something like that. Yeah. Well, it's not even for me. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm at school. I'm, right. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the money is not even for me. And see, nobody talks about that. Yeah. You know, 
And then you want to, okay, we don't, we coach, you're fired, mm-hmm. kids, you're on probation, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's been going on forever. And the thing about it is the NCAA now, they want to, you know, everybody to pat them on the back because the NIL deal for the name and likeness. And I was like, okay, that doesn't take anything away from y'all. Like that's, you know, that's something that should have already happened. You know, that's a whole nother conversation that we need to have when you talk about that, because see, that's their way of throwing their hands up and saying that they've done something. You haven't done anything. Nothing, nothing. You have enough money to pay all the athletes. Yeah. So when you're looking at the whole NIL thing is, okay, you're still talking about the popular athletes that's going to make money. Mm-hmm. What about our water polo team? Mm-hmm. What about wrestling? What about field hockey? Mm-hmm. What about swimming? You know, what about track and field? Mm-hmm. Like all these unpopular sports, what are those kids going to do? How are they going to make money? How are they going to benefit from, from that? And it's so, interesting, when, when you talk about like paying athletes, the, the the first the first question is well, what about the non revenue generating sports like well, how are they going to be paid and my answer is that the same way that the non revenue not non revenue generating coaches are paid ain't none of them working for free y'all sure. figure it out with the coaches y'all figure out with the equipment people the TV people the compliance people all the different people the only people not getting paid is the players come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Your, your contract alone is enough revenue to pay everybody. Oh, definitely. You're making millions. Thank you. And if our football team was good, shit, we, they could pay everybody. You know, <laughs> that, that's true. We, we're the glamour sport. Basketball right. is the glamour. Football is the money sport. Right. You know, so if our football team was good and we were selling out that caradon, hey, man, there's enough money for everybody. It's the TV revenue and everything right. that's going on. So that's just their way of throwing up their hands and acting like they really done. Y- y'all haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. Nothing Definitely at not. all. So, yeah. so, let me, so let me ask you a question about the, the current team. Let's talk about that for a little bit. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough season. It's fair to say. It's been cardiac cues. It's been a tough season. Cardiac cues, man. And, you know, it... it there's a lot of aspects of, of this that is, that is troublesome. One of them is because I saw what happened with Kadari. I saw his demeanor. I was watching him on the yeah. bench, watching him sitting there, not playing. Then watching him when he played and he got in there and he did well, but there was no joy. There was no, like, I'm, you know what I mean? He yeah. just, he did what he did, went back emotionless, went back to the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I saw, I knew he was going to leave. That's why I kept saying he's going to leave if we do not. I, I see the same thing with Benny Williams. And and the thing about him, I'm from, you know, he's from this area. You yes. know what I mean? From PG County. Right. I've seen him play. Like, my son knows him. He's seen yeah. him. Like every, yeah. And he is someone who was a special talent. And now it's like it's the setup to where, you know, I'm going to play you sparingly here. And then take you out, and that's why you're not ready. Or I'm, a, you know, I'm not going to play you for four games, and then put you in for two minutes after one mistake. I'm going to talk about that mistake, and then that's why you're not ready. That's and right. it went, and, and that's the part that I see the script before. Yes. I yes. see it, and so I, he's saying all the right things now. He's staying after practice, after the game, shooting all that stuff, and which is great because somebody's advising him very well. Most likely his father. You know what I mean? Is yeah, advising yeah. him what to do. But that's not that's not getting me in, in, into the game. That's and not. Man, and let me let me just say this, okay? Benny Williams is a top thirty prospect mm-hmm. 
Can you name anybody else on our team that's a top 30 prospect? I know. Uh, can you name anybody on our team the last two, three years has been a top 30 prospect? <laughs> right. Right. So how you got a top 30 prospect sitting on the bench? Yeah. When ain't nobody on our team is a top 30 prospect. That's yeah. sad. Yeah. You know, but well, the thing that I don't like about it, because, again, you're playing with kids' lives, mm-hmm. their livelihood. And just what you just said, here it is no enthusiasm. No, you didn't you didn't suck the soul out yep. of me that about the game of basketball, something that I love. It's not mm-hmm. fun anymore. Right. You know, right. So when it's not fun. OK, I got to go somewhere where it's going to be fun for me again. And just yeah. like you say, we said I sit and every time Seton Hall play, oh gosh, I'm watching. Could I'm rooting for him? He putting on a show too I'm every single time <laughs> because that doesn't make any sense yeah. for what's going on at our university, and you cannot do that. Yeah, I agree. You know, because you you taking the life out of a kid, man. He's not having any fun and nothing that he's doing in the game of basketball. It's not supposed to be like that. You know, yeah. basketball is supposed to be fun, man. You know, like you said, you're not even having fun with your teammates. Right. There's no joy. You know, yeah. the, 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 the demeanor is dry. Your, yeah. your smile, your yeah. smile is dry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You like, can tell. You're not really in, engaged like the way you were. And then I'm constantly looking over my shoulder because any mistake, a lot of times it's me making the mistake. Right. But I'm yeah. coming out of the game yeah. yelling and, and cursing at me. I didn't yeah. make a mistake, coach. It, it, sometimes it went from a one three one, right? From a two three to a one three one, coach. Where yeah. we do that at? Where we do that? It, yeah, it, come on, it, man. What are it, we doing? And somebody throws me a bad pass, and I don't catch it, and it's my fault, and I get snatched out, and I get fussed at. Yeah, <laughs> and then you tell I get them, fussed at. Yeah, that's that's, and, and it's interesting because even because you know you know I've, I've been on the you know the free Jesse and you know rooting for Jesse for some years now, and yeah. I and I saw it with him, me and Roosevelt Bowie. We've been talking to him, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And this was before he was he was in the same predicament that you know Benny was in, not getting no right. play. You yeah. saw the demeanor changing. Put him in for a minute, take him out. You know, he's not ready. He's not that now. This year, you know what I mean. He 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 did. It's amazing what you can do with with time on the court, Thank being you. allowed being That's allowed to is. play through mistakes. Thank you. You know what I mean. And That's then you awesome. gaining confidence. Yeah. And then and then you're able to produce because everybody's like, well, oh, Jesse, all of a sudden he learned how to play. I was like, you no, Jesse, last year. You know, he just needs yes. some rhythm out there on the court. Nah, and that's basketball. and that's the part where, as alumni, you know, I was talking to Jesse all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, you know, lifting his spirits the same way that Roosevelt Bowie did with me when I was playing. I mean, yeah. you, didn't, you ain't go through none of that. You, you know what I'm saying? But no, 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 you ain't know nothing about that. But me with, with having the freshman blues, where you sit there and practice, looking at Bay, looking at Bay. Look, you looking at Bay? How you like? Let him say one thing to me today, and this gonna be the day. This gonna be the day. Right before pre- you, see, you don't know see, that feeling. See, <laughs> what you gotta understand with me, man. Like, why everybody have a a, a rock on their shoulder? Uh. You know, I got a brick. I got you. I got a brick on my on my shoulder. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm raised by strong women, man. Okay. You know, okay. I tell people that all the time, like, man, the strongest person in my life has been my grandmother. Okay. Period. So I'm right. raised not to take no shit. I'm raised to be, re- you know, respectable and yeah. demand respect regardless yeah. of what the situation is. You might not like me, not like what I say or whatever I do, but you know what? You're gonna respect me. Right. 
So I'm, I'm raised that way. And like I said, I used to go through my pitfalls, you know what I'm saying, with coach. But again, confidence, man. Yeah. I, I, I will never let nobody take away my confidence from me. Who, who are the older players, the older, the vets that, that came back and poured into you while you was at Syracuse? Well, see, again, it started for me probably, you know, being up there like playing in camp. And I used to always play with like Leo Routens and those guys. Okay, okay. You know, so they used to always be up there. And then seeing, you know, Pearl, talking to Pearl, you know what I'm saying, a lot. Seeing Gene Waldron, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Howard, you know what I mean? So as mm-hmm. a freshman, you know, I'm just trying to feel my way through, you know, mm-hmm. everything. Like Derek Brower, I probably spent more time with Derek Brower. He was my ride. You know what I'm saying? As a freshman, you know what I'm saying? He's my ride everywhere. (laughs) He's a character. He's so funny on Facebook. He cracked me up. He's a character, man. A great dude, but he is a a character. But him, I spent a lot of times with him and Greg Monroe. Money money actually gave me my nickname, Coast to Coast. Because people always like, why they call you Coast? I said, yeah, because I used to rebound and take it Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast. Yeah, and Greg Monroe gave me that nickname. You know, so it was always, you know, Great for me, but again, man, just just com- confidence is everything. Yeah. And when, like you said, when I'm looking at those kids, when I'm looking, and body language tells yeah. us everything. Yeah. You know. So when I'm sitting there watching the games like we do, I see it. I yeah. see it in the kids, the way he looks, his whole yeah. body language. He's just like, man, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here. Yeah, like I ain't. <laughs> I, I'm just here, so I don't get fined. What, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again. I don't see nobody better than him. And there are there. You better believe there are other programs, especially around the DMV. I'm sure Maryland yeah. is on the on the horn. If they if they are smart, they're yeah. on the horn talking to his parents. Like, hey, you know, you you know, you, you ain't gonna have to go through what you're going through there over here. Like, I know it. If they if any coach would do that right now. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit. I don't I don't know if I have the kind. I know he's saying all the right things. They keep asking him that in the media, everything like that. I don't have the confidence that he's gonna be back next year. Me either. Me and why and why would I though? Yeah. yeah. Why would I come back to go through, you know, all this stuff that I've been through this year as a freshman? Like, what's really going to change, Coach? How yeah. you going to convince me of what's what's going to change? Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate, but it's very un- unfortunate, man. Yeah. Because again, you playing with a kid's life, and he's really got a chance and an opportunity to go to the next level. And, and we're taking be, away, we, you know, his, his confidence in the game of basketball. So now you see a kid out there, he's second-guessing himself yeah. on everything. He's not even playing. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, like I saw him playing in high school. I've seen yeah. him play. Yeah, no, he could go. He Bounce could go. Everything. Yes, everything. Yeah. And I've seen him go. Like, okay, that kid, gonna, he got it. Right. You know, and I, I will say, I like, I like you know, we had some bright spots. I liked how Samir Torrance played. I like how he runs the team. I like how he mm-hmm. you sets everybody up. You know, everybody knows yeah. Buddy can shoot. He sets them up. He, you know, plays defense. So I, I want to see him play more, you know, but to be honest again, with you. It's in and out. It's in and it's out. In, it's in and out. But even when he's in and out, he's still productive. Like, he, people don't understand how hard that is. To, to, yeah. They don't understand. Like, they'll say, oh, well, he finally got a chance and he didn't do anything. And I, I can't stand reporters <laughs> that say, I'm like, you ain't even play basketball. You, know, well, you don't know what you're talking people, about. <laughs> they, don't, they don't understand that, you know, in any sport, it's always a rhythm. A rhythm, yes. And you got to catch that rhythm, man. And you, just, and you can't catch that rhythm, rhythm sitting there. Right. Like I remember coming back myself from injury. I hurt hurt my knee one year, you know, and I had to wear a sleeve. 
right. And again, and it's at the pro level, but I'm second guessing myself. Normally, you know, I'm catching it. And every time I catch it, I'm scared to make make the move. I'm like, is my knee going to give out? My knee right. gonna... So we're in the middle of the game. I call a timeout. So Larry Brown is like, he throws his hands. I'm like, what's, what's wrong? You know what I'm saying? So when I walk over to the bench, our trainer is, is sitting there. I said, man, cut the sleeve off my knee. He's yeah. like, no, nah, Derek, you know, you got to wear the sleeve your knee. I said, man, cut it off. He was like, why? I said, because I'm second guessing myself. Right, right. And that's not who I am. I'm just used to catching and going, you know, I'm playing yeah. basketball. Now I'm being hesitant because right. I'm looking at this sleeve, you know, it's, yeah. it's mental. Yeah. So I'm like, man, cut it off. So Coach Brown's like, you heard him cut it off. <laughs> yeah, so cut it off, went right back out there, man. Didn't yeah. even think about it, no more. Let me, let, me, let me ask you, I'm just hit you with a few more questions. Um, I want to ask you, who is the best power forward that you ever went up against in the pros, in your opinion? Who is the best that you went up against? Someone you could say, yeah, you know, yeah. him right there, he was the best I went against. I'm well, interested yeah, in your I answer. I would say, like, like for a person like Charles Barkley, I okay. always put Charles Barkley in a different category. Why is that? Because... Charles Barkley, probably what, six four and a half, six five at the most. At the most. Playing yeah. power forward. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's like a freak of nature. Like like when I look at guys like Charles, he's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh Michael Jordan being a six six, six seven, two guard, mm-hmm. you're a freak of nature. Magic mm-hmm. Johnson being a six nine point, you're a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're defying all the roles where everybody else think that you should should be, gotcha. you know. So yeah. Charles was always to me, you know, just different, even just for his size. Mm-hmm. And when I look at like like even Larry Johnson, you know, mm. Larry Johnson, he was the same way at that size. He couldn't handle it, the basketball as good as as Charles, you know, could. Mm-hmm. But being that size and what he was able to to do. At that position, I mean, Sean Kemp, love, love Sean Kemp, mm-hmm. and uh, Tim, Tim Duncan. Okay, you know what I'm saying as well. Just skilled. Yeah, you know, I, I just love you know competing and playing against against those guys. You know, all, all the time. Let me ask you this: um, Could Dream Team Two beat Dream Team? Man, why, why would you even ask me that question? <laughs> I just want to hear your answer. I know what you're you going to really, say, but I want to hear your answer. Really, you really want to hear my answer? But break down to me why. Break down to why? me why. Yes, break it down. Because we were better. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to I break down. Like how, like who who would That's like break why. it down for we, you? We were better. First, first, all of us are in our prime anyway. Uh, right. Right? Yeah. Shit, you know Larry Bird landed on the floor, his back broke. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do nothing. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So so think about it. You want to get matchups? I got. So everybody was like, well, what about Mike? I'm like, well, what about Mike? Right. Who who knocked Mike and them out the playoffs every year? Isaiah and Joe. <laughs> okay. Those were my guards. <laughs> so I got you. <laughs> I got Isaiah. Joe Dumars, Tim Hardaway, Mark Price, Reggie Miller. Those are my guards. Okay. Oh, Steve, Steve Smith. Those, those, those are my guards. Okay. And I got the eighth wonder of the world, which mm. is Shaq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I got Dominique at the three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah. can throw the power, whatever you want. You can put me there. You can put Sean Kemp there. 
Yeah. You put Lonzo Mourning in there. Yeah. You put Larry Johnson there. Yeah, yeah. You had a crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had a crew. Come on, man. You had a crew. Man, I would love for that game to happen. Yeah. That would have yeah. been special. That yeah, would have been oh, special. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the, the best times of my life, though, mm-hmm. you know, to be um, on a team, you know, like that with all of your peers, you know, and mm-hmm. again, People don't understand that that neither. Like me and you can sit and talk all night, right. not just about basketball, but just about life. Because you talk. know what? Yeah, we've been we've been through it. Yep, you're right. We've been through the same ups and downs, mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't relate to that because they've never been through that. So I'm on on the bus rides and plane rides with with all of my peers, and we're mm-hmm. sharing stories about our lives, not basketball. Right, right, all right. All this other nonsense and stress and stuff that we're going through, dealing with friends, dealing with families, dealing yeah. with agents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, man, yo, we just want to hoop. That's, That's what's up. We just want to play basketball and have fun and talk shit. Man. You know, yeah. and, and compete. That's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. Y'all make it difficult. You know, and complicated. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing I wanted to always ask you was how you and Kenny Anderson uh, got so tight and how y'all <laughs> vibe. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, sometimes, you know, it, it was like, you know, y'all were both, you know, stars, bigger than life, everything like yes. that. And you hear so many times in, in comparison to the, the, the game today where you have different stars that have trouble getting along on the court, have trouble. He, but y'all what? just clicked. He, I've, I've never, on all the teams, you know, that I've been on, I've never had none but the highest respect and admiration for my teammates. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. of course. We, we get into our arguments on, you know, in the locker room or mm-hmm. on the basketball court. But that's just the competitive nature in us trying to win. Mm-hmm. It's no, you know, like it doesn't never carry over. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying. So even with with Kenny, Uh it's so crazy. I took Kenny out on his trip to Syracuse. Yeah, he told me that. He told me that. (laughs) He told told me he wanted he wanted to come to Syracuse, but I think it was his was his his mother or somebody wanted him to go to. But he wanted to go to. I was like, oh my gosh! If he would have came to Syracuse, trip to Syracuse, and um, good lord, (laughs) yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a ball. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So it, it's the draft, and this this is this is the politics side of it too, what people don't know or don't understand in sports, uh-huh. right? So draft come up, they're asking me, you know, I'm sitting in room with with some of the owners. Mind you, we had seven owners. Okay, yeah, okay. I do remember. Yeah, that's that's a whole big that's group. Whole yeah, 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 I remember that. Jersey. Yeah, and um, Willis Reed was our our GM at the time, so it's okay. like, here, what do you think, you know, about these guys coming out? So I'm like, okay, we really – Mookie Blaylock was our point guard, mm-hmm. which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if we're looking for uh, a two – now, mind you, Kenny ain't even coming up in the conversation. Okay. He's like, well, we're looking for a two. I said, let's take Steve Smith. Okay. Who I've been knowing all my life. Oh, right. right. I right. said, we're looking at the three, which we had Chris Morris at, at, at the three okay. as well. I said, let's take Billy Owens. Uh, so I'm sitting there like, either way around the table, I'm not going to lose. Right, right, right. I'm going to be with my guys and yeah. we're going to keep this thing going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So draft night, 
Uh, I'm sitting in the in the in the room with with the guys, and boom, Ned select Kenny Anderson, uh-huh. and I'm like, what? <laughs> Nobody said nothing, nothing to me about it. And, okay. and matter of fact, I'm in Jersey. I'm at the draft because uh-huh. Billy is getting drafted, Steve Smith is getting drafted, and Doug Smith, who played in Missouri, who's from Detroit, okay. is getting drafted. So I went to the draft. So I'm in in New York City. Uh-huh. So they call me. It's like, hey, we're going to have a celebration party, you know, for Kenny. Can you come and introduce him? So I'm mad. You know, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I jump in the car, still go, go over to, you know, uh, our facility for the party and everything. So I introduced Kenny. I mean, as soon as I introduced him, you know, we dapped each other. I jumped back in the car, went back to New York. Okay. So I come back. <laughs> I come back to uh, New York in the summertime. I don't know. Because, you know, I hung out with Ed Lover and yeah. Dr. Dre. All these guys, kids yeah. play. Like, yeah. I hung out with all these guys. Okay. At the time. So one of them called me. It was like, yo, it's a concert at Westbury out in Long Island, man. You need to come back for, for the concert. I'm like, who at the concert? It was like Salt and Pepper, uh, Houdini, okay. you know, Rondi, everybody. Everybody, right. right. So I'm like, okay. I get on the um, plane. I come back. So Saturday we go out, you know, to the uh, the venue. So I'm uh-huh. up in the back, and I see Rod Strickland. Okay. So I'm a Strick. What up? You know what I'm saying? So we 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 talking stuff. So I asked him um, where was um um Salt and Pepper? You know, Spinnerella and them. He was like, no, they all down there. He's like, your boy down there. I said, who? He was like, Kenny. I said, Kenny who? He was like, Kenny Anderson. I said, oh, okay. He said, Kenny right. who? Because, you know, I, I right. haven't seen him since yeah, yeah, yeah. I left. Yeah. So when I'm coming down the hallway, he comes out the room. He's coming up the hallway. Uh-huh. He snatches me in the, in, in the room. Yo, D, come here. Let me talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yo, what up? Yo, man, I heard you ain't want me at the draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how he came at you? Yeah, he like, oh. I heard you ain't want to pick me at the draft. And I'm yeah. like, nah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just real talk, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I didn't. I said, because your, your name never even came up, bro, yeah. in the draft. They were talking about uh, a two-guard and a small forward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yo, they, you know, they ain't tell me that, whatever. I said, come on, Kenny, man. All right, man, man, you've been doing each other. See, I took you out on your visit. Right. You know, and right. right off the bat, you know, from that day forward, man, we was we was thick as thieves. And then the frustrating part, just what you're talking about with, with uh-huh. Vinny. Yeah. Kenny gets there, Bill Fitz, oh, I don't play rookies. Uh-huh. So imagine, here it is, this kid, New York City's finest. Yeah. Georgia yeah. put Georgia Tech, you know, three, what was they, Lethal Weapon three? Yeah. And he's yeah. not even getting a chance to play. Uh-huh. Playing scrub time. Yeah. So I again, body language and your demeanor is everything. It, you, you see that. You feel yeah. that. You feel for your teammate because right. I'm like, yo, this guy need to be on the floor too. Like yeah. he, he gonna help us win. You know, so I saw him go through all his struggles. His, you know, his rookie season. I just try to always just keep him, you know, motivated That's you know, all the time. So one of my best friends to this day, man, Kenny still talk all the time, man. You know, he's at Fisk right mm-hmm. now down mm-hmm. in, uh, in Tennessee. And it's so crazy. My cousin used to go to Fisk. 
And I was telling him about it. Man, I used to go to Fizz. I was like, man, you don't know about going. I'm like, bro, I stop at Fizz all the time. I said, TSU, right up the street, because my boy Carlos Rogers uh, from Detroit went to TSU. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, again, man, you know, that that basketball, man, it's amazing. You it know, is. The friendships, the relationships that we have through the sport yep. and being able to know a person, you know, 30 years, man, just from, mm-hmm. from playing with a basketball. Yeah. That's what I try to stress with kids now. I said, man, think about the relationships, traveling, meeting people, right, becoming friends with people through through basketball. Through basketball, yep. Like it'll take you around the world if you let it, man. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So it's, that's it's, that's that's my dude, man. Love Kenny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To this day, bro. Always, you know, talk to him. He call me, check on me. I call, check on him. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Hey, one last question for you. One last question for you. Do people always ask you like you have some inside information? Because I get this all the time. If I know when Coach Beheim is going to retire. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you think I know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm waiting yeah. for him to announce it just like y'all. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> do people ask you that? 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. He's going to retire when he's right. getting ready to retire. Yeah, That's what's going to happen. That's all I got all for you. Time. It's going to happen when it's, when it's going to happen. Coaches, what, 77? You know, he's like the last Mohican. You know, yeah, he is. And I meant to call him and tell him, hey, man. This Mike Shashevsky last go round, man. <laughs> you like the last? What you wait though? You know, what, what more can you do? I I think that it keeps him young. Mm. You know, it kid keeps him engaged around the game of uh, you know basketball. Right. But I mean, it. I haven't heard him say it. I don't know how many times. You know. Right. I, I never forget when when the hot was there. You know, me and right. hot was talking, and I didn't even realize. I said, man, you know, we were sitting there talking. I said, damn, how? You've been sitting there for 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I mean, he, he, that was kind of tough, though, when he named Hop the successor yeah. and then retired. I was like, come on, Coach. Yeah. That's, that's kind of tough. Why yeah, you naming the successor then? You know what I mean? That's you didn't have to do tough. that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know when he's going too bad, but whenever it is, hey, man, you got to pass the torch. Yeah. And it's that that's when it's going to get real interesting. Real interesting to see who is yeah. the successor. It's going to get real interesting cuz you you got to understand this too Etan, that we've been blessed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even like you you talking about Kenny, you know the mm-hmm. the coach there and now they don't have no relationship with those coaches. Oh, got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the, true. We, we've been blessed to have coach in our lives all mm-hmm. this time and still be able to have these conversations, you know what I'm saying, with him yeah. and go up there and go to practice and he yeah. gives us the floor. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like You're right. Like, we've been blessed to have that. Yeah, like know? I told you. A lot he, of these other guys. Yeah, they don't have it. No relations with their university or their schools or, yeah. or whatever have you. And that's sad. Yeah. Because they helped build it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you think about that even with our football team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Beavers right? don't have no relationship with none of the football alumni. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is the problem? Yeah. You, you really you want to do everything your way? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm not trying to interfere with that, Coach. But hey, man, I got all these guys who <laughs> help put us on the map. Yeah. That that's wants yeah. to be a part. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That right. want to come in and, and tell the stories that you're not going to tell. 
you know, yeah. about school, about being a part of this university. Like, I, I see it now. I tell them all the time, man, y'all don't respect the S, man. Like, that S don't mean nothing to you guys on y'all chest no more. Right. It's just there. It's like no pride to that. You know, when we were in school and coming up, man, we took pride in putting that Syracuse uniform because we knew what it represented and who it represented. Right. You know, anytime we'd be losing a game and I can go in the locker room and, and cuss everybody out in the, in the locker room like, hey, man. Right. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> right. Okay, don't win. Let's see what happens when we come back in this locker room. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Let me, let me, we don't let me, have that anymore, E, and that's sad. Let me ask you this. Who, if you had to have a list, like maybe three or four people who you would think of as being good successors for Coach Beheim, like who, who would, who would, who would they be? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a good question, right? Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, you got guys that, that are, are there. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, would you bring Hop back? Mm -hmm. Good question. You know, um, Being politically correct, okay, mm -hmm. you could probably take Adrian and give him half a coach's salary and be satisfied. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. And try and, and see what goes, you know, from there. Um, Rick Pitino's up the street. Rick Pitino? Hey, you know, Rick Pitino goes. <laughs> Started in Syracuse, bro. That's all I'm saying. Man, I'm, I'm talking, what's, what's, I'm talking what's the orange. next option? What's the next option? I'm talking, <laughs> orange, I'm talking orange. All right. I'm trying you. to keep it orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one thing you can't say about me, you can't say he can't coach. I, okay. You can't say he can't coach. Regardless right, okay. of whatever you think about him, <laughs> yeah. the man can coach. Rick Pitino wouldn't be my pick. That's all I'm saying. He wouldn't be my But I hear what you say. I respect your opinion. No, he no, would, no. I'm, he would, I'm just he would be my pick. what I thought. But I got you. I agree. I agree. You asked me what I thought. No, I got you. So I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to keep keep it orange. Yeah, no, I hear no, you. No, period. Because, like, like, again, I can't really see anybody else in that position. Right. That's not us. Oh no! It have to be us. That's, that's it have to be somebody. Else. No, so, that's not so even a question. Really, who who is that? Who is that yeah. person? Like what you said, hop red. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like who is yeah. who is who's actually can step in? And again, we got to we got to recruit, man. We don't recruit no more. Yeah, that's that that's our problem. Well, I think this is a, a different a different time period where I mean, you saw a lot of guys transfer out because they knew who was going to be, you know playing most of the minutes. So you had guys that, I mean, when, when, when you see people who are getting minutes, like starters leave, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it was a little bit different, you know, time period right now. I think the well, recruiting. You know, you, will, you know what that is to me? You're scared to compete. I don't know, DC. Yeah, no, nah, man. Or, 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 they, or they see the nah, writing see on the wall. Or they see the writing on the wall regardless. Okay. Well, whatever the writing is on the, on the wall, Am I being selfish? Is it just all about me? Because if that's the case, then if I'm a Benny Williams, I'd have been gone. I mean, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna leave in the middle of the season, but you know what I mean. See, if he's gone from the beginning, if it's the writing on the wall, hey, I'm top thirty, coach. Right? Ain't nobody. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Top yeah. nothing. Top nothing. Yeah, you're right. I can't fight I, that. I can see if I'm I'm the sixth man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shit, I'm the 11th and 12th man. <laughs> right, I, I got you. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh -huh.
No, nah, you got it. Hey, we we you know we got a lot of love for Q's. We always gonna have a lot of love. I see you later. So, you know, man, all right, all right, bro. One all love, right, man. Thank you for listening to the rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Thomas 36 Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.